You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 5th through Sunday, July 8th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Mick Flannery. Flannery got his start in Blarney in County Cork at the age of 14 and is now an award-winning double platinum artist who lives in County Clare and is currently working on his sixth album. Mick Flannery will be performing at the Spruce Hollow on Friday, July 6th from 3 to 4 p.m. And he'll also be featured in one of three workshops, including Jukebox 74, earlier that day at 11.30 a.m., also at Spruce Hollow. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Right, well, Irish singer-songwriter Mick Flannery's latest is called I Own You. He'll be bringing that as well as music from his five-album back catalog to the Winnipeg Folk Festival this summer. He joins us by phone. How are you doing, Mick? I'm good. Thank you, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well. Now, you have a a huge string of dates, including a a few festival gigs uh, over the summer. Have you started touring this new record? I have, yeah. I mean, I've toured a good bit in Ireland and some in England. And some in Germany, I believe. Uh, the record is a year old, so. Um, but I've got new, more, more ambitious management of late. So uh, things are things are getting a bit better. Taking it further uh, afield. Heading states. Yeah, exactly. Going across the Atlantic. So, 
As I understand it, you you went to Berlin in, in, in what is described as a self-imposed exile to write this record. And uh, and I'm wondering, was that like a conscious decision or had you just like found yourself in Berlin and decided to kind of hunker down? Like what, what precipitated that? Um, yeah, the, the self-imposed exile is probably the most hipsterish phrase you can imagine. Um, uh, that was kind of it, though, in fairness. I, I, I was... I headed over there kind of on, on advice of friends of mine who had lived there before and said it was a good place to good place to go. I was, I don't know, I was just trying to have a new life experience, I guess. I had lived most of, all of my life in, in Cork in the south of Ireland. Uh, I had tried to live in New York when I was 21, but I kind of chickened out of it. Uh, now, when you say so chickened out, how, how long did you stay in New York? Well, I, I, I mean, I would have had to try and I stayed for three months for the, you know, for the holiday length visa. Um, I guess it was part of the part of the talk was to just stay on and try and get legitimate visa. But, um, it, I just didn't do it. I, I think I was too much of a home bird, uh, and I wasn't ambitious enough, or I wasn't able to talk myself up enough to to get to get places really yeah. did any so songs kind of pack my bags and... did any songs come of your time in New uh-huh. York though did, did any songs come of your time in New York uh yeah um and and a couple of times since when I had headed to the states I've I've gotten a few songs um whatever it is about traveling there or traveling anywhere, really, it's, it tends to it tends to kind of make people more creative. I think new, new, new places and people. Is it like opening yourself up to things that it allows you to do that to to like kind of feel attenuated to write songs? Um, I think yeah, maybe that. Like you feel as though if once you've once you've bitten the bullet and and travelled a bit, you kind of back up that ambitious move with with some with some currency, I guess, which would be the actual the music. Um, but I've heard as well that it can being being somewhere where you're not at home, where you don't feel at home, can do things to your you know to to your brain. It doesn't feel. You know, it doesn't feel safe, so you kind of, you have different thoughts than you might have otherwise when you're kind of in your day-to-day life at home. Um, I guess not just things aren't as mundane for you. You're in unknown territory and you don't know exactly what you're going to do with your life, I guess. So you're, you have a different train of thought, I guess, so that can, that can throw up new ideas takes you out of your routine in some way yeah so then with going to berlin obviously th- there was the intention of writing while you were there that like that i'm going to live in a different place and and figure out some songs purposefully while i'm in this headspace of of you know outside of routine um i think like i, I i'm always under pressure from myself to write songs it's the only kind of only pressure I put on myself. Um, 
but I, I, I guess it's, it's the most th- enjoyable thing that I do. And I'm always kind of half afraid of not being able to do it or not having uh, the will to do it, I guess. Um, when I went there to Berlin, I didn't really have a specific plan. Uh, I just kind of wanted a, a different life, I guess, from the from the kind of one I had gotten bored of in, in Cork. Um, I didn't. I, it was kind of fruitful because I was living in a in a in a kind of an empty apartment, very bare walls. So there was a lot of natural reverb, and that was kind of good for me to to shout at those walls and kind of feel good about myself. And I had a lot of time to myself as well because I was kind of exiled, as it were. I didn't know a lot of people, so I'd spend most of the days. Uh, you know, either wandering around or in that room, trying to get things, uh, trying to get songs together. So, so, so it was good for that reason. In terms of getting songs together, then for you, is it uh, like a melody line that comes first, or are you writing lyrics first, or how? Like, you know, what was the process uh, creatively for this record? Mo- mostly, melody comes first, really. And then kind of the melody dictates to 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 you the 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 words that might fit here and there, uh, syllable wise, or the melody will kind of give you a a notion as to what the subject matter would be if it, if it's going to be aggressive or romantic or serious or not serious. It, the melody does a lot of dictating in that way. So you kind of go where the tune sends you? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to to shoehorn an aggressive-minded lyrical content into a very soft melody. And it's hard to do the opposite as well. It's hard to put a romantic sonnet into a kind of a rock and roll or or even even more aggressive type of music, you know? It doesn't it they don't seem to marry. Right. So, it does. It, can, it asks for a certain sentiment. So, in terms of the the material on the record, then obviously it's from that that period. But like, w- did you feel that there was something that tied the the songs together, other than the fact that they were, you know, part of this like Berlin process for you? Um. But the Berlin one, the the album that I kind of chiefly wrote in Berlin was, was the one previous to this one. Okay. This latest one. Um, um, but the, those parts of this latest one fed into what I've had as well. Um, the the one in Berlin, it actually kind of um, it mostly kind of centered around actually being isolated, I guess. And there was a lot of kind of self-discovery as to you know what what I really like. I guess I kind of got to know myself a bit better because I spent so much time with myself. Um, the more recent album was written in Ireland, and uh, I, I, I had moved back. And I, I, it was this this more recent album was a little bit more aggressive, maybe an answer to the kind of quietness of the previous one, but. Uh, I had been 
watching a lot more of the news and becoming more kind of socially aware. So a lot of some of the songs on the more more recent album are are more socially aware songs. Right, as I understand it, the title track in an interview I read, you said you know you'd been watching the news and the stories of American police brutality, and the story of Freddie Gray who'd been handcuffed and mm-hmm. then driven around the city. Is that the kind of thing? Like, are you often finding yourself like seeing something or hearing something and, and thinking, oh, this needs to be like a narrative for a song? Um, I haven't often found those. And then, um, if I do find a specific thing like that, like the, like the Freddie Gray riots, they don't really find their way into any song, into the songs in a specific way. But they, I mean, I guess you just get an overall feel. For, I guess that 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 song that came out of it was just, uh, uh, it was about inequality. Um, and the kind of attendant kind of rage that can be, that can come with that. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, all songs would come from some something you see or overhear that, that kind of has an effect on you. Uh, if you're if you're being if you're being honest, that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can force yourself to. To write about something you don't care about as well. You joke, but have you have you ever done that? Like, have you tried to write something from from a perspective that you're not necessarily feeling or in bio? Well, I've tried to write songs in in certain co-writing situations where subject matter is not something that I can empathize with, and I just, I'd noticed very soon into the process that I'd not. I'm not feeling it. I'm not getting it, um, and I can't. Uh, I don't know. I can't put myself behind it. I can't stand behind it and 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 perform it in a way that's that's believable, you know. And I kind of I I see myself as an audience member then and say, this is there's something fraudulent about this. So so it has to come from an honest place so, yeah, I've for you. Yeah, I think it, I think that's. I mean, I don't. I I wouldn't say that that's that's because of uh, that. That's really down to me. It's down to how 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 skillful people are at detecting kind of fraudulence. They they can feel if it's if it's not something that you're feeling, you know. Um, uh, you know, it's it's easy to like if if I do a, if I do a gig, and I, I'm <clears throat> I get this doesn't happen very often, but it it has happened in the past where I might be on a tour and I'm tired or I've drank too much over the last few nights and I'm doing a bad gig, not a bad gig, but like a, again, I'm tired and I'm obviously not really there. Like the audience will 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 respond in in kind, you know, they won't. You kind of get what you give in that way, like. Um, so, you know, people are very astute. And they can easily tell a fraud, I think. 
Right. That they're, I mean, especially, I mean, I lived in Dublin for a year and, and went to a lot of shows and they're very, very attentive uh, audiences when it comes to singer songwriters, uh, maybe more so than some of the, the bar drinking patrons in, in North America sometimes. Uh, but I think you have to right. own the stage and, and, and be genuine for, for an audience to respond in, in Ireland and in England, especially. Yeah, there's like just different modes or tactics. I think when if you're if you're if you're about to sing quiet songs to a to a venue, you should you should probably be honest about it and just sing your quiet songs. You know, any attempt to be too bombastic to try and get the attention is is uh, is going to fail because it's not it's not really what you're about. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I I I noticed that with a, a, some of singers, and the, the singers I've noticed that uh, were coming from North America to Ireland, and they had lovely songs, but it seemed that they had been kind of they had been used to shouting into the microphone, over to 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 kind of get their message over a din of some sort, you know. Right. So when they came to the venues in Ireland, they were they were shouting. These songs, these small, uh, they're not small, but they were tender songs that didn't warrant shouting, you know, but they had been acclimatized to, to, to the, on, to the background din that they felt they needed to, and which is, I thought was a pity. And I, I tried to tell them, you know, you can step back and you can, you can just say things in your, in your, in the normal way they were intended without beating people over the head with it, you know. Right. But I, th- I guess it takes a while to acclimatize back if you're used to that. Well, folk festivals, thankfully, are, are one of the venues where people are attentive and, and you're not shouting over the din. Um, I'm curious about your experience with folk festivals. What You know, what you enjoy about them or if there's aspects of it that, that you're not super fond of or, you know... Give me your read on your experiences with folk fests. Um, I've always enjoyed them. I kind of enjoy, I enjoy most festivals that I go to because there's there's a there's a lack of pressure in a way because not everybody is there to see you. The ticket price isn't on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kind of a nice there's a nice you know. Pressure, you know, is also there for, you know, to, to try and ingratiate, ingratiate yourself to the people that are there that don't know you, and you know, you're trying to make a first impression. Um, and then there's just the bonus of being able to go around and see music, which I always like doing, and I kind of wish I'd done more, I do more of. But a festival is a perfect opportunity to do it. Have you ever discovered uh, an artist you've I fallen like in love? Um, well, you know, falling in love is probably a. Yeah, right. Um, I've definitely seen artists that I had never heard of before, and I have kind of uh, been, you know, been listening to since. Um, I was at the Kansas uh, Folk Alliance there. Um, in February, and I saw a lot of people that I'd never heard of before, and I thought, that, you know, 
it was it's great to see as well. It kind of opens my eyes to 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 music and makes me less pessimistic. So, you know, from listening to the radio, you don't exactly feel overjoyed with what is being put out. So it's nice to hear good lyrics every now and again. Sure enough. Uh, so before we go, Mick, I want to get you to pick a track from I Own You that we can play for the audience. And if there's a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about the song, I'd love to hear that. Cool. Um, well, maybe uh, the title track then would be cool to play, which is the, the kind of the it's it's based on the idea of a, um, a disenfranchised man is He's kind of he's fed up completely with the way the world works, and he's going. He's taking it upon himself to get get into the house of a billionaire. Um, which you know, you can look at that from a lot of ways. I don't know, but it's it's a kind of a it's an angry song, uh, which was kind of inspired by what we were talking about earlier with the uh, police brutality and inequality. Right. Well, we'll give that one a listen, and we will circle our calendar for uh, your dates at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Mick, thanks very much for taking some time, and uh, safe travels over the summer. Thanks very much, Michael. All day walk, I ain't had nothing but a concrete hot head. Get a hot hit, I get the words wrong Get the meaning right with a left hook Bunny in the foxhole, rabbit in the headlight Lamb in the lion's den I don't know why I'm angry I don't know why they hate me I don't know why, why, where, when Just that I have nothing to believe in Nothing to be dreaming Nothing to decide on Only that I have nothing to imagine Nothing to pretend Tuck me in at night, say I love you, son Dearest to my heart, my darling one I'm a stray dog walking with his ribcage Showing and tongue hanging out, foaming at the mouth Blue-eyed evil capitalist pig Hang that fucker in the big white wig A street full of sheep screaming blue Something on the way home Was that a rustle? Was that my belly rumbling? Later on you think you see a shadow By your front porch Or maybe not though And then a tap, tap, tap At the window That's when your legs froze My God, what's happening? Crack, crack, crack in the glass And now he's got the handle And now your front door's open Swear you have nothing Thinking is he mad at me? Really? 
I'm Michael Alves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Mick Flannery, who'll be performing on Friday, July 6th from 3 to 4 p.m. at Spruce Hollow at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 5th through 8th at Birds Hill Park.